Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from Every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today is a man all of you will know best as the current volunteer assistant coach of the University of Tennessee men's tennis program, a team that is back into the NCAA Sweet 16 following their victories in the opening weekend over Belmont and Wake Forest. Welcome onto our show, Coach Ian Van Cott. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing well, Alex. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. 
Oh, it is my pleasure to have you, and let's just get right into it. You know what this Wake Forest program has meant in men's college tennis over the past decade. To get a 4-0 victory over that group in round number two, You know what does that say about the state of your team right now? What do you think about the guys' opening weekend performance? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, obviously, we lost to Wake early in the season, so um, we know that they're good, and we knew that when we saw that they were coming to Knoxville, that it was a very dangerous opponent. So um, I think it kind of forced us to be ready. And obviously when you're playing someone that you already lost to that, uh, that adds more to it. So um, for us to get through that was, was really pleased, very pleased with how it went. Um, And even the match against Belmont, Belmont had a great team. Um, They really pushed us. So I think that that prepared us a little bit better for the Wake Forest match. So um, all in all, it was a great weekend. Very happy with it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's always a good thing when your guys can come off the court with a couple of straight set victories and obviously a couple of doubles point in hand. And I want to talk about that doubles point because, look, I I like to consider myself a scholar of all things Tennessee men's tennis. I've been there for the back-to-back semifinal runs your team has put together these past two seasons at the NCAAs. And through all of that, obviously, one of the biggest strengths of this program has been that doubles point. I know it was a little bit slower start two doubles for you all this season. You guys played around with your teams a little bit. How do you feel about that point, knowing how important it's going to be down this postseason stretch? Yeah, we feel great about it. Um, Like you said, obviously, I think we just kind of had to figure it out at the beginning of the year. We maybe didn't have the right combinations, but, um, you know, that happens and that's part of part of how it goes. And, you know, we had to take some time to figure it out. But, you know, I feel like once we've figured it out and you know, put those two teams together and we figured out three doubles, you know, I think our doubles is in a great spot. And we obviously, uh, you know, we pride ourselves in that and we, we put a, put a lot of work and a lot of time into the doubles. And I think we just had to get the right combinations. Didn't necessarily have it at the start of the year. And once we figured it out, we've, um, you know, we've been in a great spot with it. No, absolutely. And you mentioned that three doubles position. I think you guys have played seven different combinations there. You guys going with Angel and Martim now, and obviously they had a very good weekend uh, with their, and got a 6-2 win over Wake Forest. I'm curious because we all know Pat Harper. We know Joe Monday. We got to see Hutt and Mitsui last year. What in particular about that three doubles team has clicked so well down the season's home stretch? Well, I think they uh, they bring a lot of energy. You know, they're both both very similar personalities with how they how they need to be on the court. And I think they kind of feed off each other. You know, if you if you go down to three doubles, I mean, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily about how you play. It's about, you know, just coming out with the right mindset. And, you know, if there's if there's a little thing you can figure out with a certain player or whatever, and you can kind of pick on that, it, it puts you in a much better position. So, um, you know, and Prada Prada has a little bit of experience playing doubles too. You know, he played with Monday at number two, two years ago, and they had a really good year. I think they started the next year, you know, in the rankings. So, you know, Prada, Prada has experience in doubles and Diaz has improved tremendously, not only doubles, but singles too. And, you know, he just, you know, he should be there. He should be there playing three doubles. And um, yeah, the energy that they bring is great. The energy that they bring is great. So I would say the main thing is just, just those two being able to kind of feed off each other and, and have a real presence when you look down to three doubles. You talk about energy again, 
having watched this Tennessee team the way I have these past few years, I've been joking with some coaches. Everyone likes to say, you know, sometimes you're in conversation, what's the thing you do better than anyone else in the world? I like to think I'm better at watching college tennis than anyone else in the world. God knows I've put in the hours. And watching this Tennessee team, you know, the last couple of years, Energy has been one of those defining traits when watching your group compete. You guys get after it. You're not afraid to be loud out there and enjoy, relish the competition. I say this with all love and respect. I feel like that's the piece that wasn't there the first two months. Like, I was in Ann Arbor for that match against Michigan, and even beyond the tennis, it just felt like the energy was flat. And now, you know, now that it's May 12th, I can say unequivocally, this Tennessee team, it has that it factor. It has that edge back. I guess my question is, am I on to something, Coach? Like, have, did you guys feel that same way early in the season? Because watching your two, te- uh, you know, the team play early versus now, it does feel like the energy is the biggest thing that's changed. Yeah, yeah, you're you're completely right about that. Um, like I said before, you know, we kind of had to figure out the doubles and the combinations, and we maybe necessarily um, didn't have it right. Um, but yeah, I mean, from where our team was the end of January. February, that Michigan match, you know, we've come a long way. And um, I think that's a credit to the guys. You know, we we didn't start as well as we would have liked or as well as we have started in the last couple of years, which, you know, honestly, there were some, you know, we, we weren't you we just weren't used to that, you know. So we had to figure some things out and we had to get it right and, you know, just just kind of work through it. And and we did. So I think um, I'm very proud of that. And I think the guys can take a lot of confidence from that, knowing where we were you know, the end of January, beginning of February, going into the national indoors, you know, we took a loss to Auburn after the national indoors to open the SEC season. And we've just come a long way and shown consistent improvement. So um, I think that's what makes us the most excited going into, you know, the next week and a half here. Yeah. Now it does feel like your team to that point hasn't played that best match yet still where all six guys are clicking at the same time and they've gotten a lot closer. And I think that's the scariest thing for the rest of this field you know, looking at your team, again, a lot of it's familiar faces. We know Johannes Monday. You know a Shinsuke Mitsui and Emil Hud, all these guys. Talk to me about Tomas Rodriguez, who has really come on strong to end this season. I know he's the guy you played at six during the opening weekend. I anticipate we'll see him this weekend. Um, what is it about? What has he done throughout the year to earn that trust from the guys in the coaching staff? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing with him is you just know exactly what he's going to do. You know exactly what you're going to get at practice. You know exactly what you're going to get when he goes to play a match. Um, and I think the the most exciting thing is just that presence that he has down at number six. You know, if you're down at the end on three and five or whatever, and and you hear him, you know, win it, win a deciding point, and he just goes nuts. I mean, that just it just helps everybody so much. And I think down there at six, it's not necessarily about being the best player or whatever. It's about having the right mindset really, you know, cause you know, there is pressure. I mean, there is pressure of thinking if you go down there and you don't get it done, you know, maybe you don't play the next match or whatever. And he hasn't, um, you know, once he's gotten in there, he's, he's just taken it and ran with it. You know, he went to the sec tournament and one Oh and Oh against Ole Miss in the quarters and one six, two, six Oh against Kentucky in the next round. And I mean, I don't really care who you're playing. That's, that's really impressive. So, um, just the energy. And I think, um, you know, from a chemistry standpoint, when we're out there one through six, he just, he just adds a ton. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, honestly, it's, it's an incredibly exciting thing to see, to see what he's done, 
um, here in the last couple of weeks. It's great. It's great. No, he's, you know, there's, there's not your father's root beer out there. He's your father's six singles. It's like, that's, that's what we're accustomed to seeing out there on that court. The energy, the, again, the efforts from a Tomas Rodriguez. And, you know, similarly, another new piece you guys were added in this year, Blaze Bicknell. I know it was a slow start for his season, but anyone who watched last weekend, and we were fortunate to have that match on our broadcast, he's down 3-1 to Matt Thompson. He wins the next 11 games consecutively to close out the match. How are you feeling about Blaze's level? you think he's playing his best tennis here to end the home stretch? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, feeling great about him. Feeling great. Um, like you said, it was a little bit of a tough start, but I think at the at the same time, it's not easy to you know, be away from a, a college environment for a year. You know, he was kind of out playing tournaments by himself and doing the whole futures and challengers type deal. And, um, you know, it's not easy to be away from from that environment for a year. So, yeah, it was a slow start, but he's playing great. And I think um, I think honestly, the experience of having someone someone on our squad right now that, that knows what it takes to, you know, win it. I think that's that's going to help us a ton. You know, he's dialed in. He's ready to go. He knows. He knows what it takes to get through the next couple rounds. So, um, yeah, feeling great about him. Yeah, no, I mean, across the board, it does feel like, again, your team is starting to find their best tennis. And look, it's a really talented field. And the more I watch this sport, the more I learn when the talent is equal, it really does come down to that trust between teams. And, you know, two all, three third sets, what team's going to trust each other most to get out of that scenario and, you know, through to the next round? We've alluded to this throughout the show, but look, you've been a part of back-to-back semifinal teams, teams that clearly had that trust, that it factor. You think this team's got it now here as we approach the Sweet 16? I do. I do. And, um, you know, we're starting to come together at the right time, and we've uh, we've consistently improved throughout the season. Um, you know, and like I said, maybe, maybe the slow start was a, a little bit of a good thing for us. It forced us to, you know kind of take a look at ourselves and figure out what we needed to do to get better. So um, we've consistently improved throughout the season. And obviously, you know, we've got coaches and we've got players and people in the program that that know, you know, what it takes to be in these rounds and how to move through. And, um, you know, it'll be an exciting uh, next 10 days or 11 days. Yeah, and with that in mind, obviously coming up this weekend, you guys are able to host uh, the Sweet 16. You guys are going to take on a team you know very well in South Carolina. Now, you went to South Carolina. You knocked them off in the regular season, but I know I don't need to remind you that South Carolina came to Knoxville last year and knocked you all off. So you know what sort of challenges this matchup presents, You know your thoughts on the battle, what it's going to take for the Vols to get through. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a great match. We know we know they're a great great team. Um, we know them well. They obviously know us very well. Um, you know, and it'll be a little bit different from the match in uh, Columbia earlier this year. The uh, you know the matchups at four, five, and six will be a little bit different because Lambling was out. So um, we know they're a great team, and we know it's going to be you know it's going to be a battle, and we're going to have to bring our best. Um, obviously excited to have it at home. That'll be great. We should, uh, we should have another great crowd, which we've been having this year, but, um, we know, we know it's going to be a tough match. We know they're a great team and we just need to do our best to try to prepare the guys. You were there in 2021 when the Sweet 16 was that final site in Orlando, obviously super regionals the past two years. I'm curious, what do you prefer the final site Sweet 16 or the super regional? Um, 
don't really know. I, I kind of see it both ways, you know, like yeah. if you have the advantage of being able to host the round of 16, I think that's, you know, that's obviously a big advantage, but at the same time, I do think it's kind of cool having all the teams down there and a little bit more excitement. Um, but I don't, I don't really prefer one way or the other. I definitely think that the the super regional format, it obviously puts a little more emphasis on, you know, being in the top eight and, um, you know, I think you should be rewarded for being there and having a good year, but at the same time, the having 16 teams and having the men and women there too, at the same time, I think that's obviously a little, a little bit of excitement too, but, um, I, I don't really see it one way or the other, you know, just, just kind of play where, where they tell us to play. So yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Roll the balls out and let's go to work. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I right. know exactly. I know that about you. Well, I'm curious during the year, were you monitoring the rankings at all? Like, you know, again, that eight versus nine race, is that something you're watching closely? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd be lying to you if I didn't, uh, I'd go on that, uh, college tennis ranks. What if calculator <laughs> about four, about four or five times a day. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at it and seeing, seeing what goes on. And I think it's kind of important too, you know, like, um, you know, maybe if the guys know that, you know, this match is, you know, kind of this or that, and, you know, we didn't know it at the time, but obviously that match in Columbia turned out to, you know, get us the switch from, from nine to eight. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's important to follow and, um, just to kind of know what's going on. But I also, I'm kind of the personality where I kind of need to know the information, you know, so (laughs) nothing wrong with that, my friend. Um, well then my last few questions for you in that same vein, they recently announced the, the challenger teams, right? Top 20 guys in college going to get those opportunities to go play ATP challenger events. Was that something you guys were monitoring as well? Because obviously with Joe and Emil and blaze and even Shun, like you've got some guys who could be in the mix if, if, if they get enough ranked matches throughout the year? Um, no, not really yeah. at all. Um, maybe it came up a few times, you know, here, or there with, with a guy or two, but, um, not really at all. I mean, you know, just try to keep them focused and sure. worry about what they're doing one day at a time. And I feel like, you know, those guys that you just mentioned, if they, if they take care of themselves each day and try to improve, I think the results will come and, those kind of nice things will take care of itself. So not really, not really, to be honest. I, I, you know, I did see that they did that program and all that stuff, which is obviously great. I think it's a, you know, very important thing, but not really, not really. No, it's fair enough. Um, Well, then my last two questions for you outside of your group, and I know you're focused on all things Tennessee, but it's been a really fun year in college tennis. And I'm just curious if there's a team coach player storyline outside of your group from this season, that's particularly impressed you. You know, I think you got to give credit to Kentucky. You got to give a lot of credit to Kentucky for, um, you know, flipping, flipping the result against us and flipping the result against Georgia to, to win the sec title. And they, you know, they say match points against us. They say match points against Georgia. And um, it's not like both those matches were, you know, at the beginning of the SEC season, they were, you know, two weeks or, you know, two and a half weeks before the SEC tournament. So, um, yeah, I think you got to give them a lot of credit for doing that. And to win those matches the way that they did was uh, was very impressive. So, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. I think you have to give them credit. I think you have to give them credit for that. Yeah, no, they're dangerous. You guys are dangerous. There's a lot of really good teams, and in that vein, my final question. You think right now, Super Regionals this weekend, 16 teams remaining. Is there a favorite to capture the men's title? 
No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think having it in Orlando, you know, with the heat and the matches being played at night and having to win it or having to play three days in a row to win it, I think uh, I think there's a lot of factors that are going to come into play, and I think there's a lot of tennis ahead. So, no, I don't. I think there's many factors that could that could swing the outcome one way or the other. So, um, just have to see. Yeah, that's what's going to make it so fun for all of us college tennis fans to enjoy. Well, I'll throw in a bonus because it's you, and for those that don't know, you were a player at Tulane. You coached at East Carolina before coming over here to Tennessee. Where's your passion for college tennis come from? What keeps you in this game? I know the hours required of a volunteer assistant, what you're doing, you know, to make sure everything's firing. Where's your passion for college tennis come from? Um, you know, I think I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of a team at Tulane where, um, the program was kind of rebuilding from being cut from hurricane Katrina and, um, you know, kind of came in with a recruiting class and the team wasn't very good. We were about, 80 in the country. And by the time we were done, we were a top 25 program. And obviously Tulane's been very consistent, um, since then. So, um, yeah, I think just kind of that experience of, of seeing how a team was built and basically brought from nothing. I think that, uh, you know, my second or third year in college, I kind of thought this is what I would like to do just because of how enjoyable I, I felt that experience was. Mm-hmm. Did you? If I would have told 2015 you that Dom Kofer was going to spend some time in the top 100, would you have laughed at me? Not laughed, but I would have said it'd be tough. I would have <laughs> said it'd be tough. I would have said it'd be tough. Very, yeah. very skilled. Very skilled. You know, right away you knew that he uh, could be something special. But top 50, top 100. You know, that's that's tough. That's yeah. tough for anybody. So, but yeah, he's obviously had a, he's had a great career and. We still we're still in touch and uh, he's doing great. You know, hopefully he's uh, he's starting to come back a little bit now. So that'll be good. No, I I was at this is a random fact for you. I was at the match you guys played NCA's first round against Dartmouth. And I remember watching him play Dovidas last name for slipping from my mind. I was like, Sakinas. Dovidas Sakinas. Lefty guy. Yeah, exactly. I just remember watching their match, which went unfinished. I was like, holy crap. I was like, what is this? Like, this is not the quality of tennis I expected here this morning. And yeah, I mean, uh, those were some really fun Tulane teams. And I can completely understand how you catch the college tennis bugs after being on a journey like that. And uh, more broadly, I, I really appreciate getting the chance to finally have you on the show, Ian. So thank you for taking the time to chat with us this morning. Obviously, wishing you and the Vols luck this weekend and uh, look forward to seeing you all, regardless of what happens this weekend, not jinxing it because I know you have individuals there. Look forward to seeing you all down in Orlando. Thanks a lot, Alex. Thanks for doing this and hope you have a good day. Yep, of course. Take care, coach. Yep, thank you. Bye-bye. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com.
Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully, these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that. That's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy. College tennis fans, we have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Turner Tough, best grip in the business. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>